welcome to Whip Beyond Measure. I'm Katrina Mayer. And I'm Elle Kammerer. And this is a Jane Austen podcast where we talk about her and her novels. Because why the hell not? <laughs> why not? Yeah. So t- today we are going to be discussing chapters 13 through 18. And I am the lucky person that gets to do the rundown of all of that this week. Hooray. Uh-huh. <laughs> Woo. Uh, just so you know, it's very quick. And we will discuss things in more detail. But here we go. I got yours are quick and mine was super long. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I just want to get through it so we can like talk about the meat and potatoes of it. (laughs) All right, here we go. So we start off with Mr. Bennett telling his family that his cousin's son, Mr. Collins, will be visiting. And Mrs. Bennett is not pleased with this because he's the person who is going to inherit Longbourn. And essentially that will leave the Bennett women destitute. In her eyes. She's probably being overdramatic, but also a little bit not. But hearing his letter, he said he would make amends and was intent on being in their good graces. So this kind of helped ease Miss Bennett's mind a bit in anticipating him arriving. Mr. Collins arrives and he is polite and agreeable, but he's also really pompous and he's really long-winded and he is a total name dropper. And <laughs> this amuses Mr. Bennett sometimes, especially in the beginning, But then sometimes he's like really annoyed. He just doesn't want him (laughs) around. We get glimpses into Mr. Collins's mind um, in these beginning chapters in like chapter 13, chapter 14. We know that his idea for making amends regards marrying one of the Bennett sisters. But he only hints this to the family. He doesn't outright say it. But Mrs. Bennett knows she gets it. And then eventually we'll see that Elizabeth kind of figures it out too. Later, he has a conversation with Mrs. Bennett about this intention. He wants Jane originally because she's the oldest and the most beautiful. But Mrs. Bennett's like, no, Jane might be engaged. Sorry. And then he just goes right down the line to Elizabeth. And she's (laughs) like, oh, yeah, sure. You can have her. That's fine. Uh, The Bennett sisters then all go into Meryton to see their aunt and uncle. Mr. Collins goes along too, mainly because Mr. Bennett wants him out of his library because he's driving him crazy. Once they get to Meryton, they see Denny, and they get introduced to Wickham. Um, He is super handsome, and he will be a lieutenant, which is pretty decent. You know, it's not the greatest, but it's decent. Uh, Darcy and Bingley show up, and Lizzie notices some bad air between Darcy and Wickham, and she is very intrigued by this. Then, after they meet the officers and Darcy and Bingley head off, they go to their aunt and uncle's house. The Phillipses invite the Bennett sisters and Mr. Collins to a dinner with other militiamen, including Wickham. Collins is being more of a name dropper as the chapters go on. Wickham relates his history with Darcy to Lizzie, which confirms all her original thoughts on him. And we'll talk about this in more detail later. Wickham also shares that Darcy is promised to his sickly cousin, And this is very amusing to Lizzie because she knows how much Miss Bingley wants him. Um, After she hears all of this, she shares what she heard of Darcy's dirty deeds with Wickham to Jane. And Jane is cautious to judge. You know, she, she wants to believe, you know, what she heard because she, you know, assumes Wickham to be agreeable. And, you know, she knows Lizzie's not going to make things up, so she wants to believe, but at the same time, she's very cautious to believe because, of course, Darcy and Bingley are friends, and to her, Darcy hasn't done 
anything that would seem as bad as what he has done to Wicca. So she's advising caution, and Lizzie is like, nope, Darcy's the worst. Uh, Lizzie starts noticing, as I said before, Mr. Collins paying too much attention to her, and she senses he may intend to propose, which, gross. But (laughs) she doesn't say anything, and she pretends to not notice for now. At the ball, there is no Wickham. Darcy and Lizzie dance and have a little exchange of words. Jane and Bingley talk all night, swoon. Miss Bingley and Lizzie have a little conversation also about Darcy and Wickham, which is interesting. The family... looking forward to that part. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, me too. Uh, The family, the whole Bennett family, including Mr. Collins, are super embarrassing at the ball. And, of course, they all overstay their welcome. And that is the quick rundown. There we go. (laughs) Yeah. Like, a lot actually just happens in that last chapter, which is probably, like, my favorite scene from the whole book. Oh, yeah. Um, Yeah. It's the most, like, vivid in my mind, for sure. So. I really want to talk about Mr. Collins, who is the subject of all of the Pride and Prejudice memes. (laughs) Yes, because he is ridiculous. He is so memeable. He is just... Yeah, <laughs> he really is. <laughs> like, it, it, what's funny is you keep saying, oh, name dropping, name dropping, name dropping. But it's it's the same it's name. One name. <laughs> it's one name. But it's Lady his Catherine name Navarro. and he's dropping it to everybody he knows. And nobody gives a fuck. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like, people really don't know who she is. Like, that's no. funny. Like, he puts all this fame on her and then he still has to explain who she is to yeah. the people in this area. Yeah, well, and what I find interesting is that later it, at the at the dance, he pretty much says to Lizzie, "Oh, I wouldn't expect you to kind of know or understand this kind of." Oh, like, yeah, 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 yeah. He knows Lady Deborah when he uh, wants to go talk to Darcy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's like, well, I'm familiar with her. I should go meet Mr. Darcy because he's related to her and that would be rude. And Lizzie's just like, no, 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 don't do that. Like, you don't understand. Like, societal norms means you shouldn't talk to him because you're not of that level. <laughs> Mr. Collins is like, no, 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 Lizzie, I, I, I am. I am I am at the same level as the highest person in the room because I'm part of the clergy and you don't understand. And also, I know Lady Catherine de Burrow. <laughs> right. Well, and he is so kind of, it's he's like condescending, but he's trying to act like he's not because he does say to her, anything else in the whole wide world, I will take your advice on. You are so wise. You are so smart. But this one time, I know more than you. <laughs> Yeah, and I literally wrote in my margins, um, if she wasn't going to marry you before, she sure shit ain't going to marry you now. <laughs> nope. <laughs> yeah, no. Nope. Gross. But, um, oh, sorry. Every time, oh, um, every single time Mr. Collins, like, had his little intention of, like, marrying one of the sisters, I wrote gross in the margins. I have several of them. <laughs> I, I literally, I don't remember if it was all for Mr. Collins because, so, not going to lie transparency got a new book halfway through reading this chapter and i don't want to write in my old one (laughs) because it's nice and it's hardcover and it's beautiful this one is just a crappy paperback i shouldn't say crappy because it's not but it's just a paperback right it's actually a nice one it's penguin classics you can buy it on our bookshop shop if you really want to check it out Um, it doesn't have totally doesn't have my 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 notes in the margins but i mean 
you could probably come up with the same notes. But I just have like, ugh, and ha, and just like, ugh, written out in all the margins in weird yes. places. <laughs> like, I think I actually wrote, ugh, Lizzie, quite a few times during the dance. <laughs> oh, yes. Yes. But so Mr. Collins, um, on top of being boring as fuck, <laughs> he's not a looker Mm-mm. at all. Um, think George Costanza. But tall. A little bit taller. He's not like Darcy tall. Well, no, it says that he's tall. Like he's described as tall, which I always find funny because like in the 2005 movie, the guy that they have playing him is like super short. Well, yeah, in the BBC, he's like kind of short and portly. Yeah, well, he is a portly man, but I remember him them saying that he's tall. But I don't I don't see him as that short little person in, in all the memes. But he's definitely not a looker. No. Oh, oh yeah, you're right. He was a tall, heavy-looking young man of 5 and 20. Yeah. His I never envisioned him as tall. I envision him like George Costanza, I'm not going to lie. <laughs> See, and I kind of think that you could almost describe him as maybe Kramer on sedatives. <laughs> yes. So tall. Kind of ugly. Maybe not portly. Right. But, yeah. Uh, or actually, my brain kind of goes a little bit to the the restaurant guy in Ratatouille. The one who's running oh, the restaurant. Yeah. <laughs> he's also like, I don't yeah. know, I just imagined him hunched over. Yes. <laughs> yeah. But again, portly. Right, 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 right. <laughs> but anyway, so he's not a very good looking man. No. And he's there under weird circumstances. And he's boring yeah. as hell. And as soon as he, almost as soon as he arrives, like, all of the Bennets want him to leave. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yep. So. And it's funny, because he says he wants to make amends, but I think he's, I don't know, I think that's his, like, excuse to get in. He's there for a wife. Because yeah. Lady Catherine told him to go get a wife. So that's what he's there for. Yeah, and he's probably thinking that this is the easiest way. I guess I never really mm-hmm. thought of that, but that totally makes sense. Yep. In all honesty, I kind of thought that the reason why he went to Longbourn is because Lady Catherine needed him to get out of her hair. Uh, yeah, that makes sense, too. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But so so he's like, I almost kind of see him like a, like a dog following the girls around. Yeah. Yeah. He so is. We meet him. Yeah, mm-hmm. So we meet him and we have all of these negative feelings. And then almost immediately we meet Mr. Wickham. Yep. Who we have the complete opposite feelings of. He's a handsome man. He's... He's very nice. He's not boring. He could talk about the weather and make it sound so interesting. Or at the very least, that's how he comes off. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Yes. And it's always, it's interesting because they're, they're very, like all of the Bennett sisters, actually all of the Bennets are very quick to like trust him because of how good he looks. Mm-hmm. And that's actually said later on in the book. Where um, they're talking about, uh, so this is this is Lizzie. It was not in her nature to question the veracity of a young man of such amiable appearance as Wickham. Mm-hmm. She doesn't question him because he's cute. Yep. <laughs> Which is ridiculous because the cute ones are usually the shitty ones. <laughs> yep. And in this case, he is. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. He's not yeah. a good he's not a good dude. But No, he's not spoiler he, alert. He makes himself seem like he is. Uh before we get too deep into Wickham, um, while we were still just barely on topic 
with Mr. Collins. I did want to mention about why he's there and just give a quick little history about property rights. Oh, yeah, no, go ahead, because that is very important about this whole thing. Yeah, because you might, if you're familiar with the story or if you're reading it along, you might notice some contradictory contradictory information. So I just want to let you know what I found. So we know Mr. Collins is there because he's due to inherit Longbourn. He's the male heir that will get it. And they talk about the entail because Mrs. Bennett just doesn't understand. She's like, why should this stranger get to inherit our house? Why can't these women? Why can't any of our daughters? Why can't I do it? You know, Mr. Mr. Bennett, you should have done something about this. And Lizzie and Jane, it's mentioned that Lizzie and Jane have explained to their mother how the entail works. Um, and she still doesn't understand. So... Basically, what an entail is, is it's something that settles an inheritance over several generations. And that inheritance is, of course, property. So it's something that's set in place at one point, and it affects many generations. And so this entail was set up so that the daughters couldn't inherit, and that's why. So are you saying that this is specific to Longborn? Um. I don't know the exact specifics of Longborn. We're not get we don't get that, but that's just what an entail is in general. Okay. Is that it's something that was set up and affects many generations, and this ensures that the property stays within the family. Right, which makes sense. So, uh, well, because I was going to say this comes back a little bit to what we were talking about inheritance, because Mrs. Bennett does have an inheritance. Yes. So. But um, hers is like a monetary inheritance. It's not property. And we know that mm. laws, there were a lot of laws that were stacked against women. And most of them kind of dictated that women couldn't inherit property. But there are very clear exceptions to this, mainly for the very, very wealthy and aristocratic women. Like Lady Catherine de Burrow. And his, her daughter Anne. And it's because these women generally had their own money. And there was a couple different ideas. So at one point they would say that though women could inherit their property, it didn't necessarily mean that they owned it. So like they couldn't sell it. They could live there you know, until they died. And then if they married, it would go to their husband. Or if they had a son, it would go to the son. But there are very rare cases and very extreme cases where women did outright own their property and managed it and could do whatever they wanted but of course they were very wealthy Mm -hmm. and of the two situations that i read about those women did not have children interesting yep Hmm. so yeah so that's entails so i thought that was just kind of important to note because though we do though it is said that women can't inherit property and there are characters in the book who say that it's Mm -hmm. not always the case and as we talk about Lady Catherine and her daughter Anne, Anne is clearly the heiress of yeah. Rosings Park. Yeah, which we'll get to them later because we actually right. get to meet them. So, yes. But um, that is an interesting take because I know before when we were talking about like wealth and Mrs. Bennett's obsession with getting her daughters married, I guess I was thinking specifically more that they didn't get anything at all because inheritances like weren't a thing like you didn't get money but i guess if you think about it so longborn is an estate 
and it makes a certain amount of money a year. So if Mr. Bennett dies, them not having the property would mean that they're not getting that money every year anyway. Mm-hmm. So there really isn't money for them to inherit because it's right. not as if they're banking all of that money. Right. They're living on what the estate is giving them and the estate is giving them a lot of money. So no, I guess that makes sense. Mm-hmm. So now I kind of understand a little bit more about how desperate they are. I still don't forgive Mrs. Bennett. No. But, <laughs> but yes. Yeah, okay. No, that makes more... That See, I'm putting puzzle pieces together. Puzzle putting pieces. Them together. Yeah. History. Yeah. Yay. Yeah. Okay, cool. All right, so cool. now let's talk about Wickham because okay. Mr. Collins is just so boring. I could care less about him. And also entails. But that's entails. what makes him so <laughs> funny to make fun of. Yeah. No. Like, I just want to make all the Mr. Collins memes. Um, <laughs> check out our Instagram. They're coming. Uh, yes. We already <laughs> have one on there, so yeah. I am like 99.9% sure I have at least three more that I have saved. <laughs> Perfect. Enjoy. Enjoy, yeah. everyone. Yeah. Anyway, um, so Mr. Wickham, mm-hmm. he's trustworthy because he's hot. Yep. End of sentence. Yep. But while they're like chatting. So like you said, um, they're invited to dinner. Lizzie gets sat next to Mr. Wickham and they start talking about Darcy because Lizzie can't help herself but to poke the bear mm-hmm. because she has a crush on Darcy. <laughs> right. Low she key. won't admit it, but why else would she be obsessed? Yeah. I mean, yeah. totally. Elizabeth wants to know, but Wickham does bring it up. And then of course, like Lizzie, as soon as he does, she's like, all right, keep going. Everything. Well, and I'm sure it's also very much like the type of person Wickham is that as soon as he meets anybody who knows Darcy, he's going to tell this story because yes. it makes Mr. Wickham look good. It makes Mr. Darcy look bad. Yeah. So do you want to tell everyone like what is the story? Why? Sure. Why is there this beef between Wickham and Darcy? <laughs> uh, tell Wickham's side. We'll okay, tell the Darcy so, side when we get to it. So what happened was Mr. Wickham, his father, was Mr. Darcy, Darcy's father. Because heaven forbid we have first names. Right. Um, <laughs> Mr. Wickham Sr. was Mr. Darcy Sr.'s steward. Mm-hmm. And Mr. Wickham Jr. <laughs> and <laughs> Mr. Darcy Jr. <laughs> grew up together. Yes. You know, they grew up in the same house. They lived there. They were friends. Mr. Wickham Jr. was very close to Mr. Darcy Sr. as he mm-hmm. grew up. Uh, Mr. Darcy Sr. looked at him as if he was another son, you know, He was, like, close to the sister. Like, he was essentially a part of the family, even though technically he wasn't part of the family. And Mr. Wickham Sr. was technically, like, a servant. Like, he Mm -hmm. was employed by the Darcys. Yeah. So, um, Yeah, like an advisory kind of role. Yeah. 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 So, I don't remember if it said what happened to Mr. Wickham Sr. I believe he passed away first. Yes. Yes. So, then it was just... Mr. Darcy Sr., Mr. Darcy Jr., and Wickham, who we know, the one who's telling the story. The hot um, one. When mis- the, the hot one. <laughs> Though we don't have a description of Mr. Wickham Sr. He could but also have hot. been hot. <laughs> we don't know. Okay. So Mr. Wickham Sr. passes away, and then eventually Mr. Darcy Sr. passes away. And it's said that part of the inheritance from Mr. Darcy Sr. was to go to our Mr. Wickham. So he was supposed to inherit, I believe, money. I don't know if it specifically said land, but definitely money. Yeah. Um, a job in the parsonage? Like, he was destined to be, like, in the clergy, oh, yes, right? Yes, 
Yes, yes. So he would have ended up becoming the Mr. Collins of Pemberley. Mm-hmm. Is essentially what it is. Essentially. So he would have essentially. been... Essentially. Yeah. yeah, essentially. So he would have been the clergyman of the estate. So he would have been the one in charge of the church that anybody who worked or lived on the estate would then see every Sunday, including Mr. Darcy. Mm-hmm. So that was Mr. Wickham's inheritance. Money, a place to live, the parsonage, pars- he was going to be the clergyman. <laughs> And he was going to have a good life. Like, that was a, a good life. It was perfectly respectable to become a clergyman. Mm-hmm. So, like, isn't it, like, the third prince in the royal, like, in the royalty, or the royal family yeah. is supposed to become it, a clergyman? Something so, like yeah. that. That sounds right. Yeah, yeah, heir the spare and then send him to the church kind of yep. situation. Yeah. So, like, it's a, it's, it's a good life. But then our Mr. Darcy, who we love dearly, decided to be a dick and <sighs> didn't like Mr. Wickham. Rude. Probably because he was jealous. Jealous. Yeah. Because Mr. Darcy Sr. clearly loved Mr. Wickham Jr. more than he loved his own son. According to Wickham, so, I mean, yes. Well, no, this is, this, you're telling, I'm, I'm, I am Mr. Wickham telling you the oh, story. So don't oh, be like, okay, uh, I'm listening, uh, no, sorry. No, no, no. Oh my gosh, this you're is so happened. right. You're so right. Yeah, I know, right? Yeah, you're Lizzie in this situation. Okay. Look how hot I am. Um, <laughs> anyway, so I, Mr. Wickham, was slighted by Mr. Darcy because he was jealous that, <gasps> uh, yeah, that his father loved Mr. Wickham more. So he completely wrote me off, took me out of the will or whatever it is. I don't think there was an actual physical will, but either way, I didn't get any money. I was left destitute, kicked out of the home that I had known for my whole life. And I could not go be a clergyman for some reason. So I decided (laughs) to join the army and here I am a possible Lieutenant and stuff. Yep. Oh, I like cards. Did I mention that? I feel like I should mention that, but also it's not really that important. He doesn't but. like whist, though, but he'll do lottery tickets. Yes, yes, yes. And I um, I like to believe that society is necessary to me, mm. which means I, I, I am not one that should be out and about with the, with the lowlifes and the destitutes. I am one of society, like yourself, Lizzie. It is important. But I find myself here at Meryton in a red coat. With your sisters looking at me awkwardly. Because they're like 12. So. Okay. I'm done being Mr. Wickham now. <laughs> All right. But yeah, that's... But that's essentially what it was. Yeah. That's that's what it is. So he tells mm-hmm. Lizzie this story, making himself look like a poor, sad person. And Darcy look like an evil dude. And even though Lizzie's like, oh, I hate Darcy. You don't have to worry. Wickham does kind of... He does a little bit... Def- I don't want to say defend him, but, you know... He does say nice things about him. Like, he he's right. willing to, like, give off the air of, yeah, this crappy thing happened to me. But you know what, Darcy? He'll be exposed. It's not my job to do it. Which makes him seem like even more of a good person. Right, right. He's very strategic in that. Yes, yes. I was going to say that's very much of the society of him, mm-hmm. you know? Like, it's very clear that he is a person who has good manners because he wouldn't talk bad about Darcy, which makes you wonder about Lizzie, who wants to talk nothing, like, only wants to talk bad about Darcy, but whatever. Because she likes we'll, him. Yeah, she likes him, <laughs> so we'll just leave that. So, yeah, it's, it's like, all of this builds up Lizzie's, like, idea that Mr. Wickham is right, Mr. Darcy was in the wrong, and anybody who's defending him, including Bingley, is also incorrect. So, like, yes. she is unwavering in her trust of Wickham which yeah. is really shocking given the fact that she's met him twice 
Yeah, and she knows Bingley a little bit better and knows his character better. She knows Mr. Darcy's character better. Yeah. She just doesn't like him or she does like him but can't admit it. Or like, yeah, he offended her or she's not reading him correctly, which is my argument that nobody understands Mr. Darcy. (laughs) So I think of a lot of things that Lizzie does, this is one of the most immature things she does. Yeah. So like she is, and yeah, she's she's only participating 18. in gossip. Yeah, well, and so it's interesting because like, yeah, she's supposed to be getting married because she's you know of age, but she's only eighteen. Mm-hmm. Is she? She's or still I thought a kid. she isn't she a little bit older? Okay, she's somewhere between eighteen and twenty. Yeah, yeah, yeah. but it's still not that old. So no, like, it's not. No, no, it, no. it makes not sense that she's making these juvenile claims and like has these ideas. You know, yeah. like that she's. So willing to trust the bad guy. <laughs> yeah. Wickham's like the bad boy of Meriton right now. <laughs> yeah, except it's harder for you to point him out because most of the time the bad boy that the YA girl in the book falls in love with has like at least a leather jacket and a bad attitude. <laughs> well, that's like Red Coats is the leather jacket version of... <laughs> well, the difference is though is that like like, if you're walking in and you're the bad boy in a novel and you got a leather jacket and a bad attitude, nobody has anything good to say about you. But Wickham comes in and they're like, oh, my God, I love him because he's <laughs> handsome. So we have to trust him. Right. <laughs> and it, it, what's funny, though, is that, like, and I don't know if this is just Austin, but, like, the fact that it's like, he's handsome. They trust him. Binkley is handsome. Darcy is handsome. <laughs> yeah, but Darcy's also brooding and he doesn't have the good breeding, like the good manners. I mean, he does, clearly, but to the yeah. people he's interacting with, he, he has too much pride and so that overshadows it. Whereas Wickham is just agreeable from the moment you meet him. Yeah. Yeah. They like Wickham like they like Bingley. Bingley's handsome and he's like, has a good air about him. The only difference is, like, Bingley's actually a good person. Yeah, he's a genuine person. Yeah. (laughs) Which is interesting because, um, like, obviously we see a lot of interaction between Lizzie and Wickham because Lizzie is our main character. And she doesn't have a lot of one-on-one time with Bingley. Right. But I wonder if Wickham is supposed to be kind of more of Bingley's foil, maybe? Because he can't be Darcy's foil. Because they are similar. Mm Mm-hmm. In that... Well, maybe they are. I don't know. But, like, because, like, Darcy's played off to be the bad guy. Yeah. But he's the good guy. And Wickham is played to be off the good guy, but he's actually the bad guy. Yeah. But he's actually almost a, like, a mirrored image of Bingley in that he is that, you know, amicable, handsome. That's how he gets away. Could be wealthy. Yeah. That's how he gets away with it. So anyway, so those are the two characters we meet, and we get two very different receptions of them. And then we go right into more talk of Lady Catherine de Burrow, who, which we didn't clarify. So Lady Catherine de Burrow. Wait, is it Burrow or is it Berg? Burr? Lady Catherine de Burr? Lady Catherine de Berg? De Berg. De Berg. Sorry, I say Burrow just because that's how I read it. I say probably right. Lady Catherine de Berg because that's what they did in the movie. So. Okay, fine. It's been a long time. Well, since I don't know if the movies right. <laughs> but okay, well, it is not spelled Burrow, but that's how my brain reads it. Whatever it is, it's Lady Catherine. Lady Catherine. She's, we get more about Lady Catherine. She's who, by the way, Darcy's aunt. Yes, she's Darcy's aunt, and her daughter 
is sickly. Yeah. And I believe she is younger than Elizabeth? She... I don't know if that's actually mentioned. I think they're of similar age. We'll know more when we actually meet her in the book. Yeah. But according to Mr. Collins, Darcy is supposedly to marry Lady Catherine's daughter. Uh, Wickham. Wickham tells Lizzie that. Mr. It, I did the same thing, too. I wrote, in my notes, it's so funny you did that, because in my note, I wrote, Mr. Collins shares that Darcy's promise to his sickly cousin. And then I reread it, and it's actually Wickham, because Mr. Collins talks about Lady Catherine, and Wickham overhears it and goes to Lizzie and is like, how does he know her? And Lizzie explains it, and then that's when Wickham, like, is, a, yeah. Okay. It's so funny. I did that. Look, I see. I wrote <laughs> Mr. Collins and then crossed it out. <laughs> you have such nice notes. Thank you. <laughs> I have nothing. Anyway, um, yeah, so it was Mr. Wickham tells Lizzie that Mr. Darcy is to marry Lady Catherine's daughter, which she finds hilarious given the fact that Miss Bingley is totally obsessed with Mr. Darcy. And Mr. Darcy doesn't tell her, oh, hey, I'm supposed to marry my cousin. Right. (laughs) So. I mean, I'm sure Darcy knows and I'm sure he doesn't want to. Oh, yeah. Well, the fact that. He, A, didn't bring it up, and we haven't seen any of this conflict of interest with him, like, when we get his point of view, where it's like, oh, I really like Lizzie, because it's very clear he does. Like, we yeah. get that. But it's not like, oh, I I really like Lizzie, but I'm supposed to marry my cousin. Like, you don't have right. that conflict with him. So it's right. very much like, oh, no, that's just what my aunt says. Right. Like, but I'm that's not, not going to happen. I'm not going to do that. Yeah. My aunt says I'm going to marry her daughter, but that's not, no. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and the thing with Darcy is, like, He's like, oh, I like Lizzie, but I'm in danger of liking her because of her station. I'm not supposed to because of her station. Not, I'm not supposed to because I'm promised to my cousin. No. It's like, it's because of her station. It's like, okay, sure, Darcy. Yeah, yeah. But really, I don't think that he's actually promised to his cousin. I feel like that would have come up. I feel like at the very least, Bingley would have brought it up as like a joke. Yeah. Or like to mock him. I'm sure it's like overtly applied within the family, but it's probably Mm -hmm. not well-known knowledge. Yeah. 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 And I'm sure he doesn't take it seriously at all. Right. Yeah. And the whole idea is for them to merge their two giant estates, Pemberley and Rosings. That's, yes. That's, it's, it's a business alliance, essentially. Yeah. Because we all know marrying your cousin is real fucking gross. Yeah. If it's, also, first, though, it's his first cousin, too. Yeah, it's his first cousin. But also, you would think about it this way, like, she is sickly. Yeah. So in, like, novels of this time and period pieces and stuff like that, sickly girls, quote unquote, pretty much meant that they weren't going to live through childbirth. Mm-hmm. So you didn't want to marry somebody who was, quote unquote, sickly because you were likely to not have an heir. So that's the other thing that I thought was weird about it. Because it's like, yeah, sure, you're going to, like, merge these two estates. But does he really want to have a, quote unquote, sickly wife who won't give him a kid? Yeah. Not to say that... Like, that's very ableist. Like, all of that right. whole concept is very ableist. And I don't mean to think that if you are, quote, unquote, sickly, that that is how it is in real life. That's not the case. But that's how it's written in these books. Yeah. That's the undertones of it. It is very, these books are very ableist. Yes. <laughs> so. But, for sure. Yeah. All right. Um, but yeah, after we get a little bit more info about Lady Catherine, we go to the ball at Netherfield, finally, which Yay. is chapter 18. And it is long and it is beautiful. And I love it so much. Then I'm going to let Katrina talk for a little bit. 
really quick, prior to this, Lizzie is going into this ball thinking that she is going to monopolize Wickham the whole night. She's going to dance with him all night. She's going to flirt with him all night. That is what she is thinking. And like prior to this, you know, she's in such a good mood about it. She goes to up to Mr. Collins. She like bumps into him. She's like, ah, whatever, I'm in a good mood. Let me chat with him. She's like, hey, you going to the ball? And he's like, yeah, and I hope you'll dance the first two with me. And she's like, fuck, what, what? Which, by the way, it seems, and this was unclear in the first ball, that like the standard is when you're dancing with somebody, it's two dances. Yes. Yeah, it's a half hour. Yeah, that's a long time. I know. I know, when I read that, I was like, half hour? Oh my gosh. (laughs) People must be exhausted. No wonder why Darcy doesn't like dancing. I wouldn't either. (laughs) It's a 30 minute workout for the night. (laughs) It really is. And if you're dancing more than one. If you're fucking Lydia. Yeah, like probably Lydia doesn't sit down till dinner. Yeah. Anyway, so yeah. So Lizzie has to dance the first two with her gross cousin, Mr. Mm -hmm. Collins. And then right after that, she's like, oh my gosh, this dude means to marry me and she kind of wants to fight it but at the same time she's like wait my mom hasn't said anything he hasn't really said anything I'm just gonna avoid this fight let me get to the ball and hang with Wickham no need to stir the pot right now well also I bet because she's thinking if I hang out with Wickham a lot and if my mom sees me yes then maybe she'll start talking about that as a coupling instead of me and Collins, because then it just falls to Mary. Yes. <laughs> Poor exactly. Mary. Poor Mary. <laughs> yes, precisely. And even though it doesn't say that in the book, I had that same thought. Mm-hmm. Like that's mm-hmm. that's probably also like her unseen motivation. Okay, so now we are at the ball. We get there. Yes. Lizzie goes in. She's looking around for Wickham, and he isn't there. And she's pissed. She's well, she's sad, and then she talks to Denny, and then she's pissed. Yeah, because Denny's like, oh, yeah, no, he has to go to London. But did you really expect him to come anyway? Like, he was invited, but did you expect him to come? Because, I like, mean, look, we're Darcy's at Darcy's here. best friend's house. Mm-hmm. Like, I actually wrote in the bottom of my book, Lizzie, you can't be mad at Darcy because a guy who hates him doesn't want to go to a party at Darcy's BFF's house. Right. Be mad at Wickham for not having the balls to attend anyway. Well, also, just really quick to call out Wickham, because he says very clearly that he, because Lizzie's like, oh, Mr. Wickham, back at the dinner. Oh, Mr. Wickham, I hope Darcy being here won't drive you out of town. And he's like, Darcy couldn't drive me away from anywhere. I do what I want when I want. Darcy doesn't matter. Here we are at this ball. Where Put your money where your mouth is, Wickham. Where are you? You said you wouldn't let Darcy drive you away from places. That's why I said, be mad at Mr. Wickham for not having the balls to do it anyway. Exactly. So, Lizzie, that's your first clue, girl. Get it together. Come on. Okay, seriously, chapter 18 is all me being like, Lizzie, stop. Oh, gosh, Lizzie, why? Stop. (laughs) She's just like reading the whole situation all wrong because hot guy told her information. Like, seriously, in this chapter... I really wish that she had me as her BFF instead of Charlotte Lucas. Right. Because I just would have been like, woman, let's go. Come on. Although. Knock it off. (laughs) And I'm glad you said that because this was the next thing I was going to talk about. Charlotte does give her very good advice. Yes, she does. Lizzie dances her horrible dances with Mr. Collins and it's terrible. And then she goes by her friend Charlotte and Darcy comes over and asks her to dance. And then what happens? Then Charlotte says... 
not to be a simpleton and allow her fancy for Mr. Wickham to make her appear unpleasant in the eyes of a man of ten times his consequence. To which I wrote, she gets it. Yeah, I wrote good advice, Char. Yeah, yeah, seriously. Yeah, because Lizzie agrees to dance with Darcy. Like, she isn't thinking. She just was embarrassed dancing with Collins. And then Darcy comes up and she's like, what? Oh, yeah, sure. And then he walks away and she's like, oh, my gosh, I just said yes to dancing with him. I I said I wouldn't do anything with him. Yeah. Um, She found herself suddenly addressed by Mr. Darcy, who took her so much by surprise in his application for her hand that without knowing what she did, she accepted him. And then he walked away immediately. Yep. And then, yeah, she has her exchange with Charlotte and then he comes back to get her to dance. And then that's when Charlotte says, come on, girl, don't. Don't mess this up. Dude's rich. Well, and also, Charlotte is also looking at this on the outside, too, being like, what do you, you've met Wickham once. You've had two conversations mm-hmm. with him. You were like, you you were at a week at, at Netherfield with Mr. Darcy. Don't tell me you don't know him better than you know Mr. Wickham just by the fact that you've known him longer. Exactly. <laughs> She's, Charlotte's like the voice of reason. Yeah, well. She gives such good advice. I wish she would take her own advice sometimes, though. But we'll get into that yeah. more later. Yeah. But for now, she gives really good advice. Um, I would like to point out that when Lizzie and Darcy start dancing mm-hmm. is, in my opinion, now this could just be my love language. <laughs> the first thing oh my gosh, wait. Lizzie thinks about. We should do Lizzie Darcy love languages at some point. Okay, go. Okay. <laughs> the first thing she thinks about is whether or not she should be talking to him. And she decides to strike up a conversation because the greater punishment to her partner would be to oblige him to talk. Yes. So she would rather annoy him than stay silent. And again, I feel like that is, it's definitely my love language. I would rather annoy somebody than be quiet. (laughs) (laughs) That's how you know I like you is if I'm annoying you. (laughs) Well, and Lizzie also is coming from this mindset that she has observed Miss Bingley talk incessantly at Darcy and how... He's annoyed by it, but he doesn't let on. But you know, like he's, she's like, you know, he's annoyed bit. Yeah. So she's, she's going to do that. But she doesn't know that Darcy's like, yeah, I like it when you talk to me. <laughs> yeah, because like the, the, it's, she could see, oh, like he is annoyed by her, by Miss Bingley because of the way he communicates with her. But then when he, when she starts talking and she should have known this from the walk about the room in the previous chapter. I know. He was not going to shut up when she was the one communicating with him. But yeah. So they have a dance. They have two dances. It lasts a half hour, which, again, is a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, she wants to bring up Wickham, but she doesn't. And then I think it's they start talking about Mr. Darcy's character again, mm-hmm. which for the amount of times Lizzie has said that, oh, I'm just asking you these questions to kind of figure out your character. She doesn't know him that well. Nope. <laughs> Apparently. Nope. <laughs> She um, she assumes that they're both similar in their minds because she does say that, like, we're each unsocial, taciturn disposition, unwilling to speak unless we expect to say something that will amaze the whole room. Which is true for both of them. It is. Yeah, like, that's one of the first things that's described about Liz- Lizzie is that, like, she very much is the type of person that's going to say something to get a reaction. Yep. As long as it falls within a certain line. Like, she's not going to go overboard like her mom. Right. But, yeah, she's like her dad. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, and then they keep going with their conversation. And then, you know, they were quiet for a bit. And then she she just can't take it anymore. Because it, it says, she answered in the affirmative and unable to resist the temptation added, 
when you met us there the other day, we had just been forming a new acquaintance. Mm-hmm. So, like, that's how she gets to bring up Wickham. She does it innocently enough that it doesn't seem like she knows stuff. Well, and then Mr. Darcy comes back and says, oh, Mr. Wickham is blessed with such happy manners as may ensure his making friends. Which, again, can I just point out his happy manners also kind of sounds like, oh, hey, yeah, he's hot. It's okay. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but then he goes on to say whether he may equally be capable or be equally capable of retaining them is less certain, which is like the best way for him to be like, yeah, okay, I get it. You've made friends with him, but like, let's see what happens after a little while. Yeah, that part I underlined and I wrote, oh, snap. I just put, obviously, Darcy also thinks he's hot. (laughs) (laughs) I was going to say, then my, one of my favorite parts of this whole book happens. They're dancing. And then all of a sudden, Sir William Lucas walks up or like walks through the dance floor which is fine but then he stopped with a bow of superior courtesy to compliment mr darcy on his dancing to which i wrote weird like what the fuck (laughs) it's because he does that because remember at his party darcy wouldn't dance with anybody and he was like dude what are you doing come on there's so many fine ladies to dance with and he wouldn't do it well but True, but now he is dancing and you're going to stop. And not only are you going to stop, you're going to start having a fucking conversation with him. Right. Which you have like this whole giant paragraph and halfway through you say, but let me not interrupt you, sir. To which I respond, too late, dude. (laughs) (laughs) It's such a random thing to happen. (laughs) I know. And like, I kind of can get it from like a writer standpoint where you're like, okay, I don't want to just keep having this back and forth between these two characters. You got to describe something happening. So like, let something happen. But it didn't have to be that it stopped there. Like Lizzie could have seen something happen and just described that happen. Or maybe like her thoughts did turn to Jane or something like that. Or, oh, surprise, surprise, Mr. Collins is dancing with Charlotte or something like that. You know, it didn't have to be them physically stopping those two characters. Right. (laughs) And it's just so fucking random and I love it. (laughs) (laughs) But after that, they go on to talk. (laughs) They continue. And it's... The interruption kind of halts at that point their conversation about Wickham because Darcy's mm-hmm. like, oh, his interruption made me forget what we were talking about. And she's like, oh, I don't think we were talking at all. Yeah. Books? Then they talk about <laughs> books, bring up books, which is kind of like elbow nudge because she reads books yeah. instead of plays cards. And he's yep. trying to bring her back to that moment. And she's mm-hmm. just like not even registering yeah. that at all. And it's so funny, Darcy does this a lot, because he did this last time when Miss Bingley was trying to sing at Netherfield, and he brought up the piano and dancing from the time before. So he's, like, finding these little teeny tidbits. They're, like, little breadcrumbs to bring Lizzie back, and she doesn't do anything yeah. with them. <laughs> it's, it's, he's clearly trying to bring up things that they have in common mm-hmm. or that they can talk about that is neutral, or that could maybe lend an idea of what she's like outside of the circumstances that they've been under and under these weird, you know, situations like her sister's sick or they're talking about Mr. Wickham. You know, it's like he's genuinely trying to do something here. He's genuinely trying to hit on her. Yeah. <laughs> she's, not, she's not getting it. He's like, what do you think of books? Said he, smiling. Like he's trying to be yeah. nice. And she's like, oh, I don't think we even read the same books. Come on, dude. We've got nothing in common here. Which, to be fair, is probably true, but that's not the point. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. 
come on, don't let yeah. Wickham cloud you. He's not even there. Yeah. Listen to Charlotte. Listen to Charlotte. <laughs> Ugh. Um, but then they start talking. So Lizzie brings up what Mr. Darcy was saying about first impressions mm-hmm. and like forgiving. I remember hearing you once say, Mr. Darcy, that you hardly ever forgave that your resentment once created an unappeasable. You were very cautious, I suppose, as to its not being created. For some reason, my brain doesn't understand that sentence, even though I understand the words. Let me see. So prior to this, he's asking her, the present always occupies you in such scenes. So Lizzie can't talk about books because she's in a ballroom right now. You know, she's distracted Mm -hmm. by things is what is what she's saying to, like, get him off that topic. And he's like, oh, so you you need, you know, what's going on in the moment. That's how you best engage with someone is how that reads to Mm -hmm. me. And she says, yes. And then without knowing what she said, for her thoughts had wandered far from the subject. So she's like, she's not even she's just like with the books thing and the ballroom. She's just like not even paying attention to what he's saying. All she can think about is Wickham and how Wickham has reported that Darcy has treated him. And that's why she brings up the thing about him, you know, that Darcy doesn't forgive people and that once he resents someone, there's nothing that he can, there's nothing that that person can do to appease him. Yes, that's what it is. He confirms that. He's like, yeah, I am. And like he says it in a firm voice. And like, Mm -hmm. because he knows what she is alluding to. Okay. So yes, so once Darcy resents somebody, there's nothing that can be can be done about it. Okay, so then she says, and never allow yourself to be blinded by prejudice. And he says, I hope not. To which she replies, it's particularly incumbent on those who never change their opinion to be secure in judging properly at first, which means that, you know, if you're going to have this stuck opinion on somebody, then you need to make sure you're judging them properly first. Which is ridiculous because that's exactly what she is doing to Mr. Darcy. (laughs) Exactly. That's why this exchange is hilarious. Yeah. Yep. And then he's like, why are you asking me this? And she's like, just to illustrate your character. Mm -hmm. He even is like, now is not a good time for you to be doing that because you're very clearly going to have a clouded judgment because of Mr. Wickham. He doesn't flat out say that. Right. Because, Because she tells him, I hear different accounts of you. So I don't even know what to think. And yeah, and he's like, well, I can believe that. And then he's like, please don't sketch my character at the present moment, as there is reason to fear that the performance would reflect no credit on either. So he's kind of cautioning her. You might want to hold your judgment on me for now. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. She says, well, I might not have another opportunity if I don't do it now, to which he just coldly responds, okay, fine, do what you want. Like, I'm not going to tell you not to. Like, I already told you. Mm -hmm. Like, don't. And, but if you're going to do it anyway, then fine. And that's the end of their dance. Yep. And another part about this that I really enjoy is that they both went to their separate uh, separate sides dissatisfied, though not to an equal degree. For in Darcy's breast, there was a tolerable, powerful feeling towards her, which soon procured her pardon and directed all of his anger to another. Which means he's angry at her, but he's not angry at her because he understands that she's being played by Wickham. So right. He's pissed at Wickham. Yep. To which I replied, shakes fist, Wickham. <laughs> yep. And then that's when Miss Bingley comes over. Which is 
interesting. She just comes over to fuel that fire. Well, so that's the thing. That's okay. She so is. Well, hang on. Hold your <laughs> yes. That's that's that was the like. Okay, is that what she is coming to do? Because when you read it, it sounds like she's actually giving Lizzie advice. Like, don't listen to Wicca. Don't do it. Oh yeah. Right. Right. That's so that the is time, the guise of it. But yeah. she knows that Lizzie isn't gonna listen to her. See, I and think I, I I agree too. Like I that knowing Miss Bingley's character, I can see that. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, I like like I want some some part of me wants to believe that she was doing it because she also understands like what's going on. But I don't know how much she does know. But that's just part of me wants her to not always be a psycho bitch. Right. Well, she. I don't think she knows the intimate details of what transpired between Wickham and Darcy, but she knows enough to know that Darcy was in the right. I don't think she's just siding with Darcy, or maybe she is. Maybe she's just siding with Darcy because she likes him, but maybe not. It's hard to say. Because even Bingley, her brother, doesn't know all of the details either. Yeah, it's interesting. But essentially, she tells Lizzie to not listen to Mr. Wickham because... He isn't telling the truth about Mr. Darcy. And she kind of even says, well, you know, like, my brother trusts him, trusts Mm -hmm. Darcy. So that should mean something. Yeah. But again, it's Miss Bingley. Right. So you have to take it with a grain of salt. But again, like I said, part of me wants her to be genuinely like, don't listen. Because I, I don't like how so many of the women in this story are just anti each other, you know, in that sense. Right. I get it. They're fighting over the man, but I don't want them to hate each other. (laughs) Yeah, no, I get that. And I mean, even in Lizzie's reply, she is almost accusing Miss Bingley of being like, you're just saying this because Wickham was the son of Darcy's steward. He's lower than you. And that's that's why you're saying this. That's how Lizzie is interpreting Miss Mm -hmm. Bingley's caution. To which I responded, oh, Lizzie. (laughs) Yeah. I like the line where after Miss Bingley, you know, leaves, like right after that, she's like, oh, I beg your pardon. It was kindly meant. Elizabeth's like, ugh, insolent girl. You are much (laughs) mistaken if you expect to influence me by such a paltry attack as this. I see nothing in it but your own willful ignorance. And underneath that, I wrote, but it's your ignorance, Lizzie. You're (laughs) the one who's ignorant. That's why I wrote, uh, Lizzie. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So so that that conversation happens and then Lizzie's like, "Oh my gosh. So now I've I've talked to I've heard from Denny what's going on. I've talked to Darcy and heard some stuff from him. Then Miss Bingley comes over. I just need to clear this out. So let me go talk to Jane and Bingley. It's like a bad high school dance. Like yeah. that is what this is." <laughs> right. Well, so like after the whole like she trusts Wickham right away thing, I started kind of reading this as she's in high school because she's she she's a senior in high school essentially or just out of high school and yeah no so like if you read this through the lens of this is a ya novel about a bunch of fucking teenagers (laughs) or early 20s yeah yeah it totally makes sense well i mean it is (laughs) but i mean like it like when you're reading it because of the way it's written and because you know it's austin and of the time and stuff they don't come off as annoying teenagers but they totally are and i didn't catch it the first time i read it (laughs) because we were younger then I was also in early 20s. Yeah. Yeah, because I read this in college. Yeah. 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 <laughs> All right. So Lizzie goes over and she needs to she needs to hear what Jane heard 
from Bingley about Wickham. Because she's got everybody asking about Bingley. Yes. She's like, yeah. Jane, go ask Bingley. I need to know what's going on. And so now she has her sister, like, her sister likes this dude. Mm-hmm. And she probably doesn't want to be bringing this up with him. She wants to talk about other things. So it's it's putting her in a precarious situation. It is, but also I kind of feel like Jane might also want to understand what's going on if yeah. Lizzie has a crush on him. Mm-hmm. So it's like, okay. Well, because also Jane has to, like, it's it's kind of frustrating that we don't see more of Jane because we also don't see more of Bingley. Mm-hmm. Because, like, he would give us more insight into Darcy and then we would know exactly how to kind of interpret the information that Jane is giving. Because Bingley, let's say Darcy mentions to Bingley, oh, hey, I kind of have a crush on Lizzie. And then Bingley's like, oh, my God, Jane. Lizzie, <laughs> or he's totally got a crush on Lizzie. Oh, my God. Um, and then Jane is just like, okay, well, I'll not turn the right direction. Right. Which she kind of does in Jane's little subtle ways. Because again, if you take that kind of lens and you're looking at this like this, then it's like, okay, well, Jane knows that Darcy has a little crush. So she's going to figure out what's wrong with Wickham because Lizzie has a crush on Wickham and we're hearing bad things. So I don't want her to have a crush on Wickham. Right. Or at very least, I don't want her to be anti-Darcy. Right. You know? Yeah. So convoluted. I need like a, I need a whiteboard and some like arrows. Yeah, we need to make a map. (laughs) We need a mind map to help us keep this straight. This person said this to this person, and this person said this to this person, but this got crossed, and this person didn't hear this important piece of information. It's a soap opera. Either way, Jane is totally okay with asking questions about Wickham because she needs to convince Lizzie to not like him, in my opinion. That is how I am reading this. (laughs) Right. But it's funny because at first she's like, Lizzie's like, all right, what intel did you get? And Jane's like, oh, Honestly, I forgot. <laughs> I have nothing satisfactory to tell you. And then she does explain that Mr. Bingley doesn't know the entire history. But that he, what is it? I am sorry to say that by his account, as well as his sister's, Mr. Wickham is by no means a, a respectable young man. Mm-hmm. Yep. And she said that he has deserved to lose Mr. Mm-hmm. Darcy's regard. And then Lizzie's like, no, Mr. Bingley does not know Mr. Wickham himself. And she's like, well, no. And he's like, well, then the only account you're getting is what Darcy told Bingley. Darcy's not going to like tell Bingley bad things about himself. So I can't, I'm just going to trust Wickham then. But at the same point, you're trusting Wickham because he's hot. Does that not mean that you can't trust Bingley because he's also hot? Right. I mean, But Mr. Bingley is being influenced by Darcy. Who's also hot. I don't know what the problem is. (laughs) Maybe your hot theory is a little misguided. <laughs> no, because it's here. It's in the book. It oh, okay. said in the book that she trusts him because he's hot. <laughs> oh, oh, I I forgot. I must have skipped that line. <laughs> it's 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 right here. A question of veracity of a young man of such hot appearance as Wickham. It's right there. <laughs> right. Yes. Okay. Yeah, the very beginning of chapter 17. It's not the first paragraph. It's right there. <laughs> I don't know what edition you have. <laughs> Dover Thrift. <laughs> Where were we? So they were. she was talking to Jane and she's pretty much like, yeah, no, I'm still going to believe Wickham because, yeah. Yep. Then Mr. Collins shows up. Yeah, he oh. comes up to Lizzie and he's like, hey, I heard Lady Catherine's nephew is here. That's so crazy. I'm going to go in over there and I'm going to introduce myself and I'm going to let him know that his aunt is doing okay. Which Darcy doesn't care. He's like, I'm going to do that. 
Yeah. No, 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 please don't. Not only because are you going to embarrass the fucking hell out of me, but you're going to embarrass the fucking hell out of yourself and probably make him really super annoyed. And I'm totally going to have to hear about it later. (laughs) Yes. And then, of course, Mr. Collins does it anyway. We talked Mm -hmm. about this at the beginning. He goes over and does that anyway. He left her to attack Mr. Darcy. (laughs) I don't know if that's how yours is is written, but that's how mine is written. Yep. 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 (laughs) Yeah, because that's pretty much what happens. That is in his very long-winded way. Yeah, because that's every time he talks, it's just on and on. It's half a page when he talks. It's ridiculous. (laughs) Yeah. So annoying. And then they go to dinner, and Mrs. Bennett decides to sit at the dinner table and talk about how Jane and Bingley are totally going to get married and how it's perfect and how Jane's going to live three miles from home and she can like take care of the sisters and Mrs. Bennett doesn't have to worry about marrying them off anymore. She can like just hand them over to Jane and all of this stuff while Mr. Bingley and his family are like down the table. Mm -hmm. It's very embarrassing for Lizzie. Yeah. Especially because Lizzie is pretty much just like, will you please be quiet? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) She's so... Mm, I don't know the word. She, Because she says, yeah, as soon as Jane marries Bingley, it's going to be great for my other girls because it will throw them in the path of all these other rich men. Which implies that that's all she cares about is her daughter's yeah. marrying rich men. Yeah. And, and then, then she moves on to say that, like I said before, that she could then leave the marrying of the younger sisters to Jane and then all she gets to do is just like Mrs. Bennett gets to just stay at home. She doesn't have to go out into society anymore, which makes me wonder if whether or not she realizes that society doesn't like her. (laughs) (laughs) So she's just not even going to bother. Yeah, exactly. And of course, you know, Darcy overhears all of this and that's not good. Not a good thing. He doesn't, he doesn't like what he's hearing because in Darcy's mind, and we'll talk about this more in depth later but in darcy's mind here's this seed that like oh jane only likes bingley because he's rich oh that's too bad yeah maybe she doesn't deserve my friend yeah which in all honesty like i get where he's coming from especially if like and don't get me wrong there's all of the bad things that happened before and like his opinion of the bennett's and stuff like that but let's just say even if it was just like a neutral family that wasn't crazy Mm -hmm. um that's still kind of like If I found out that my best friend's significant other was only interested because they had money, I would also be like, um, but then on top of that, that girl is going to introduce her sisters to our other rich friends who are just, they're just interested in these people for the money. I would also kind of be like, "Mm, I don't know if I want these two people together anymore, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Which is why Lizzie's like, mom, shut up. Yeah. <laughs> like, you're embarrassing me. Yeah, because obviously Jane likes Bingley not just yeah. because of his money. She, like, really likes him. And like, the fact that they talk to – we don't know what they're saying to each other, but they talk to each other a lot. Yeah. They they were, like, huddled together at Netherfield for a good part of the evening whispering. They're spending their entire time at this ball together. They're so sitting next to each other at dinner. Yeah. So there has to be some sense of – mutual attraction and interest on both sides it's not yeah superficial no and we see that and i'm sure mrs bennett sees it too but that's not what she cares about no and it's i wonder if it isn't just also something like in the back of her mind like you know how some mothers are like well of course she likes him i'm just talking about all of the extra benefits of it She's showing off. Yeah, she is. Especially when she says things like, she concluded with many good wishes that Lady Lucas 
might soon be equally fortunate to have a daughter marrying a rich man, <clears throat> though evidently and triumphantly believing that there was no chance of it, which, rude. Rude. Also makes me kind of laugh about future things coming up. Yes. Which we'll talk about at the end of this chapter in yep. particular. Mm-hmm. But yeah. Yep. So this ha- this is all happening. And then dinner's starting to wind down, but there's like still other entertainment that needs to happen. And so Mary adding adding more embarrassment. So the mother has just been like talking crazy talk that people can all overhear. Now Mary, the most awkward Bennett sister on the planet, is going Only to get up. Only because she's not a person. She's a narrative device. <laughs> she's so awkward, but I kind of love her. She gets up and she's going to start singing. And people are being polite, but, you know, we know. I mean, Mary has knowledge and you know, she isn't like the worst singer on the planet. It's not unbearable to listen to, but it's it's probably the types of things she's singing that people are bored with well and again it's she has knowledge but she's lacking in talent and probably even like emotion yeah yeah because yeah. i mean like you can learn how to play the piano and know how to play the piano that doesn't mean you're going to be good at playing the piano right so she does this she doesn't seem like she's gonna stop and lizzie's like <laughs> oh my god dad can you go do something about this? And he does, but he does, he gets her off also kind of embarrassing her. Mm-hmm. And, <laughs> oh dear. Yeah, he says, that will do extremely well, child. You have delighted us long enough. Let the other young ladies have time to exhibit. And then immediately Mr. Collins stands up as if he is a young lady who oh would like to exhibit God. something. And he talks forever. And he, he talks about nothing. He talks yeah. about nothing. He talks about getting money from Lady Catherine for the church. <laughs> it's so That's ridiculous. what tithes are, right? <laughs> yeah. I just, it's so funny because he starts this. He's like, gosh, if I could sing, I should have great pleasure in it. And then, like, that's his segue into being able to, like, give his speech. Like, that's how he's going to connect a completely unrelated topic to what has just been happening. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I'd love to sing, but first I have to do this, and I have to do that, and I have to do this, and I have to do, and I'm in charge of all of this, and I have to do all of these things, and it's just like, shut the fuck up. Here's my entire life story. You're welcome. And then he bows yeah. to Mr. Darcy. <laughs> and again, this this comes after he had that conversation with Lizzie, where he was pretty much like, oh, no, 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 because I'm a clergyman, I am at the same rank as the highest, the highest official here. Yeah. And I'm just like, no, you're not. That's not how it works. <laughs> Yeah, after all of that, to Elizabeth, it appeared that her family made an agreement to expose themselves as much as they could during the evening. They couldn't have done it better. Exactly. And the evening winds down. Mr. Collins is, like, bothering her. He keeps trying to come over and talk to her. And then, you know, Lady Lucas, Miss Lucas is, or not Lady Lucas, Miss Lucas is there. Yeah, Charlotte is there. Pawn Mr. Collins off on Charlotte, and Charlotte's like, all right, that's fine. I'll talk to him. It's cool. Yeah. 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 <laughs> what does she have to lose? <laughs> exactly. And then everybody else leaves, but Mrs. Bennett, being Mrs. Bennett, makes it so then their carriage takes an extra half an hour to right. get there. So the most embarrassing people of the party are still there after everyone has left and they are continuing to embarrass themselves and Lizzie. Yeah. But Jane and Bingley seem fine. They're, <laughs> They're totally the fine. Yeah, they don't give a fuck. They have no idea what's going on. They are so into each other. 
Yep. So, yeah, and then they finally do leave, and everybody at Netherfield is relieved. And then at the very end of this chapter of our reading, there's a paragraph that talks about Mrs. Bennett knowing that Mr. Collins is going to ask Elizabeth to marry him. Mm-hmm. And she is totally okay with that. Yeah. Not only because that means that two of her daughters are married and they're married soon, but also because, and I quote, Elizabeth was the least dear to her of all her children. And I responded with, even after Mary? Yeah. <laughs> I know. Who's not a person. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. And though the man and the match were quite good enough for her, the worth of each was eclipsed by Mr. Bingley and Netherfield. So she, so really it just means she cares more about Jane and Bingley and that marriage. And Lizzie, go ahead. You can, you're just gonna go marry Mr. Collins. Have a good life. See ya. Well, so I totally understand why Mrs. Bennett wants somebody, like wants one of her daughters to marry Mr. Collins. But I also kind of wonder how much of it is actually she wants Elizabeth to do it because that means that she doesn't have to worry about Elizabeth anymore. And it's just like, I don't really care who she marries. Yeah. You know, as long as she gets married, I don't give a fuck because she's my least favorite daughter. Right. And then I also wonder, well, like she is very clearly Mr. Bennett's favorite daughter. Yes. They very clearly have not had this conversation. Yeah. (laughs) And it becomes even more apparent later. Or I wonder... I wonder if because she is clearly Mr. Bennett's favorite daughter, if that is like, oh, she's his favorite? Well, she doesn't need to be mine then. Right, but then you would think, oh, well, she's my husband's favorite. I probably still shouldn't treat her marriage as just something to be thrown away. Right. Although, I think that if she knew Darcy liked him, she would like Darcy a lot more because of how rich he is. Right. I do agree. I just, I don't know. I just, I did, I don't ever, like, I don't recall that paragraph before, so it could just be that I, like, when I was reading it initially, I just kind of brushed past it, but now it really bothers me that this is when I was just like, yeah, whatever, just go ahead and marry anybody. Yeah, So because Lizzie's not her favorite. Yeah, I know, and it's so sad because Lizzie's my favorite. Yeah, Lizzie's everybody's (laughs) favorite. Well, that's because we don't get much of anybody else, except for the two annoying younger sisters, Jane, who's perfect, and Mary, who's a plot device. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Mary. Which, speaking of, um, I recently came across a book that is supposedly through Mary's point of view, which I feel like I do have to read after we're done with this. Yeah, you sent that to me, and I, yeah, I do also want to read that. Yeah, I feel like I have to just because I've been giving Mary so much grief. Yeah. Do you want to share the title? Um, I don't have the title in front of me, but you are more than welcome. It's called The Other Bennett Sister, and it's by Janice Hadlow. Okay. Which is also linked on our bookshop. (laughs) Yes. All right. Well, I think we covered everything we wanted to cover today, did we? Yeah, I think so. I think I'm ready to move on to uh, the next section because, okay. So, and I think our listeners will definitely agree with this, especially if they read books like me. But have you ever, like, (laughs) been reading a book and you're just, like, so into it that, like, when you close it and, like, set it aside because you have to do something like a normal human, it's kind of, like, in the back of your head, like, oh my gosh, no, I have to get back to the book because otherwise I'm going to miss something. Almost like you're watching it on TV. That's kind of how I've been feeling because, like, (laughs) I finished reading this last night. And I was just like, all day today while I was at work, I'm just like, no, 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 I have to pick up the book because otherwise I'm going to miss something. I'm going to miss what happens next. (laughs) (laughs) So I'm very much ready to move on. (laughs) Yes. And it's going to be bonkers. 
I love how we're using the word bonkers to describe Pride and Prejudice. I love it. Because it is. (laughs) Because it is. All right. Well, thank you guys for listening. This has been Whip Beyond Measure. My name's Katrina Mayer. I'm Elle Kammerer. And we will catch you next time. Yeah. Beyond Measure is hosted by me, Katrina Mayer, and me, Elle Kammerer. Our music was composed by Shane Ivers, and our artwork was created by the beautiful and talented Katie Keneally. We are hosted on Podbean, but you can find us wherever you listen to podcasts, or you can find us on our website at withbeyondmeasure.com, or follow us on Instagram for all of our updates, memes, and just fun stuff. Our handle is at WBMPodcast. I'm going to say that again. It's WBM Podcast. We are also part of a new website umbrella called Books and Bull, where you can find articles, podcasts, reviews, and even some, well, bullshit. Um, Go ahead and check that out at booksandbull.com.